0: up witches? I'm Taylor and I'm Amber and this is
1: Waking Waking Up Up the Witch. We're your neighborhood witches and each week we get together and talk about all things witchy.
0: We're two curious ladies trying to understand the human experience but while we do that we think it's important to honor the people that lived here before us and honor the cultures and traditions that we're being inspired by. This podcast is about waking up the witch which
1: means we are learning and growing every day. That being said, we're always open to feedback on how we can do better.
0: Now, let's go ghouls! Amber. Hey Taylor. How's it going? Amazing. Good. Um, So we're not going to go a whole lot into how our weeks have been. We're recording to today. I'm going to St. Louis to visit some friends and family for my birthday. Happy Um, birthday. Thank you. This will be past my birthday when it comes out but today we interviewed one of Amber's really good friends Julia and it was such a pleasure having her on. She talked all about um, being a facilitator of plant medicine to help people walk through their trauma and depression and PTSD. And I'll kind of let Amber talk about how they met each other and all of that. Yeah, her her story, She she gives us a beautiful
1: introduction and like her story of waking up, which we're discovering on this podcast is really our favorite part when we're mm-hmm. talking with guests. So she talks a little bit about how we met and stuff, but what didn't really come up is... What an impact she's been on my own spiritual journey. I know that I briefly mentioned this in our first episode when I was introducing who I am and my personal story of waking up, but she was my mentor. She's someone I worked with one-on-one. It's actually really beautiful and amazing because she was my very first in-person, real person Reiki client. Um, And so we've always just been on this like full circle journey of helping each other grow into like a next level and being able to work with her in a one-on-one setting with my spiritual development was just completely life-changing for me so yeah I fucking love Julia she's lovely. She's so amazing and every time I'm in her energy I just feel so like jazzed up and recharged and it's been so beautiful to watch her journey continuing to develop always we talk a little bit about like where she's at now and how this is her purpose right now. Mm -hmm. We'll get really into that in this episode. But I just love that because I literally have watched her evolve spiritually in front of my eyes. And she's always kind of in this like fast track place. I'm sure it doesn't feel that way always to her, but just she has really done so many different things as a spiritual entrepreneur and where she's at now is just so rooted in the earth and grounding and healing on such a profound level. It's, it's so beautiful to see her in, in her development and to have been able to have her on our podcast in this phase of her life. And just to be able to connect with her. We also talk a little bit about inner child healing. Mm-hmm. And she has a really special tool <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that you'll learn at the end of the episode mm-hmm. um, to connect with her own inner child and how that's been helpful and healing
0: to her. So, fuck. Was I'm a good episode. so excited about She's this She's amazing. Mm-hmm. She's located in... Bend, Oregon. So when you listen to this, if you're in or around that area or anywhere else in in the the Pacific Pacific Northwest, Northwest, she can travel to facilitate those kind of ceremonial safe space, intentional psychedelic work, not just getting fucked up to forget and party like it. You set your intention. You go into the practice, um, and then you learn how to integrate after. And it was so fascinating getting to talk to her. I actually would really – I really want to do that with her. Yeah. I haven't really ever done drugs with intention, I guess, besides just like partying and having fun. Yeah. Which is a great intention in itself, but I think um, doing it from a place of healing is – Yeah, it's so amazing. It was really fascinating, too. Like,
1: she's so knowledgeable about this as well and just how psilocybin, like, affects Mm -hmm. our brains Mm -hmm. and our mental well-being. And she's just so gentle and loving and open uh, that really anything that she ever does in this world will always be such a, like, she's always going to be such a magical medicine woman for someone to work with on so many levels. So, I love
0: that she can just proudly call herself a medicine woman. I know. such a badass title to have. She
1: is, too. She really is. Working with her has been so profound for me, and I know that her and I will always continue to work in capacities where I'm holding space for her, and then she's holding space for me, and I'm just so grateful she's I in my life.
0: think just, I think doing this with you, and then talking to all these beautiful, powerful, spiritual people all the time, like... I'm super curious to see where my journey goes and what happens with the rest of my everything. As you continue to
1: wake up for the rest of your life because you're
0: not going to just wake up one day and be woke. I just feel like (laughs) I'm in a limbo period right now and that like there's big shifts happening and I just don't know what they are yet.
1: That is never an easy place to be in, but it Mm -hmm. also is like the most powerful place to be in because... Mm I always, you know, you're in this transformational stage, and I always envision transformation as the butterfly, as the
0: caterpillar to butterfly. I keep getting the phoenix rising from the ashes. Which, guess what? I feel like there's been a lot of fucking ashes. I deserve to rise fierce (laughs) and fiery. Like, let's go, bitch. (laughs) I am ready, and I am done. You're done with the goo? (laughs) Yeah, I'm (laughs) just done making myself (laughs) small. Like, I'm ready to just be big and powerful and, like, confident in whatever way. Like, I think people think that I'm more confident than I am because I'm always just forcing myself to put myself out there. But, like, I'm ready to have a kinder internal speech, Mm -hmm. an internal dialogue that makes me feel as powerful as I think that I am. Yeah, as you are like putting out to the world. Yeah, there's a part of me that I'm like, yeah, I'm a bad bitch. And then sometimes I'm just mean. And I'm like, that's (laughs) you would not say that to one of your friends. Why are you talking to yourself like that? I think that's a So even before I walk into a bathroom and there's a mirror, I say, you're so cute. And then I'll walk in and I'm like, hey cutie. What's up, girl? I love that so much. We're not doing anything else. Like we're just being kind.
1: I love that. That's a That's a really good tip. I'm going to start looking at myself in the mirror. And it's so easy for us to judge ourselves and pick at like, oh, your double chin sticking out today or whatever you're insecure about in that moment, Mm -hmm. especially if you're feeling that inside. So
0: maybe I'll share this TikTok. I think about it almost every single day. It's just this cute girl and she's sitting on a beach and she's just like kind of hunched over and she's in a bikini and she's like... A little bit of a belly. That's okay. Oh. And then she's like, a little bit of, like, body hair. That's okay. <laughs> and then something else. And she's like, that's okay. Oh. So sometimes if I look at myself and I think something not nice, in my head I say, that's okay. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put it on our Instagram because I saved it. It's just, that's it's okay. It'll anyways, Julia is also a <laughs> bad bitch. And we can't wait for you to hear this episode. It's going to be amazing.
1: Let us know what you think. We fucking love her. I just know you're going to love her too. And do something nice for your inner child today. Mm-hmm. I think that's a, a good reminder. Yeah. is Do something nice for your inner child. Enjoy. Enjoy. What's up, witches? Thanks so much for joining us today. I am so excited to be introducing literally... One of my top five favorite humans in the whole planet, Miss Julia McCarthy. Welcome, Julia.
2: Hello, everyone. So excited to be here. Thank you, ladies, for having me. My name is Julia McCarthy, and I am a psychedelic guide, psychic medium, and medicine woman. And I am so Mm -hmm. excited to talk about all the witchy and psychedelic things today.
1: Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. And as you all know, we usually start our episodes with a beautiful blessing. And I've worked a lot with Julia um, on a spiritual level, and she is so, so good at this. So I've actually asked her to bring us in today uh, with grounding breath and blessing to start off our podcast. So thank you so much, Julia, for doing that for us.
2: My pleasure. Well, you ladies and anyone who's listening, just want to take a second just to close your eyes. And if it feels good for you put your feet on the floor and let's start by all taking three deep breaths together so first breath breathe in and release and second breath breathe in. And release. And third breath, breathe in. And release. And now I would like to call in and invite in our higher selves, our guides, our loved ones. Any ancestors or angels that wish to join us today, we ask that you join us and surround us with your loving presence and may everything that comes through and that we receive today be for the highest light and the highest good for everyone involved and everyone that's listening. And I just want to thank our entire spirit team for being here with us and for always loving us and leading us and guiding the way. And Showing us the next steps as we move forward on our path here in life. And thank you to Taylor and Amber for inviting me to be on this show today. And thank you to everyone who's listening. It is such an honor, joy, and pleasure to be here. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Mm, thank you so much. <laughs> Yay. Yummy. That feels so good.
2: Ooh, and I am grounded now.
1: <laughs> <sighs> My nipples are hard. <laughs> Okay, before we get into all of the goodness, I have taught Taylor about full body nipple chills, and I know that this was birthed by the two of us. And I can't remember how it happened, if it was something that you brought into my world or if I said my nipples were hard and you just took it and said full body nipple chills or what. I don't remember, but ever since,
0: it's a part of my vocabulary. And now it's a part of the podcast and people say it to me regularly.
2: I should put that as a hashtag for this episode. Hashtag Even my husband
0: says yes. it now. Oh, I love it. Even worse Even my husband says it now.
2: <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Spread the word.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah that, that's our little baby. Our Credits <laughs> to Julia. I love it. I love it. So, Julia, on this podcast, we love to hear everyone's story of waking up their witch inside Mm -hmm. and we know a lot of people like for us it started at a very young age we've already shared our waking up stories and kind of how we've gotten here today so we would be so honored for you to share with us and our audience whoever's listening how did julia wake up how did you get Mm -hmm. to hear what made you fall in love with being a witch i love it
2: (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, I'm super excited to share this story. Also excited because Amber, you have a pretty big role in all of this too. So it's Mm -hmm. just so perfect. But to get into how I began to wake up my inner witch, just rewind this back to my childhood where I'm sure that this started for many people. But Mm -hmm. I grew up in a home where, especially from my mother's side, My mom, she's one of eight. She has three sisters. So her and her three sisters were always into spooky things like scary movies. Um they used to go like to John Edwards, that famous medium. I had an aunt who's very into ghost hunting. Like yeah, she has yeah, I talking
0: about that. <laughs> yeah. my mom and her best friends are the same.
2: Amazing. Amazing. Um my cousins and I used to play with the Ouija board. My family had a poltergeist encounter when we were growing up and, and a couple Wait, of other strange what things. That? What happened there? Oh man, the poltergeist encounter. So we used to vacation growing up in, uh, in Vermont when I was growing up. I grew up in New Jersey and so we'd go up to Vermont every summer for a couple weeks and we'd always rent the same condo up there. And my cousins would all come up. I have like 14 first cousins on my mom's side. So all my family members would come up and there was One of the times that we were up there, there were a series of nights where my cousins, I wasn't sleeping in this room, but there were four of my cousins in one bedroom. There was like two sets of bunk beds in them. And I think also one of my aunts was sleeping in there as well. And during the middle of the night, crazy shit just started happening in the room. Like the the banister of the bunk bed was like being picked up and thrown across the room. Things were being thrown across the room. Like the movie was slamming open and shut. Just like literally stuff like out of a movie <laughs> was oh, happening shit. in the middle of the night. So naturally everyone freaked out and, you know, couldn't <laughs> sleep in the <anymore. laughs> yeah. So the following morning, there's, I mean, there's probably like eight of us staying in the house at that time. So the following morning, we we're all like, you know, w- what the hell just happened? We called one of my aunts. We called the ghost hunting aunt who was like, we're like <laughs> going on here with all this. We called one of my mom's uncles who was a priest at the time. And was like, we need to like figure out how to bless the home and clear this out of there, and then. We all left to go to the pool that was in the complex there. And when we came back the, that following afternoon, that one bedroom that the stuff had been happening in was completely torn apart. Like the mattresses were off the bed. Like it was looked like someone had just like gone crazy in there. Oh and my so- gosh. And then there was this doll, which we believe, of course it's a doll, <laughs> was at the center <laughs> of, of all of it. It was like this doll that had been like stuffed in the back of the closet, like a straw doll. Like, you know, just like really creepy looking back on it. It's, like, of course that thing was haunted. And mm-hmm. I remember my mom taking the doll out of the bedroom, putting it on the patio in a cooler with like a cement block on top of the cooler. <laughs> <That laughs> <way the> doll- <laughs> Classic. I mean, what else does one do with the haunted doll besides a cooler? And that was, and the whole family, we were like, so freaked out after that. And I forget what ended up happening. I think we were like able to clear the home out in some capacity, but there was just like some other creepy stuff that happened. And that was like our first real ghost encounter with wow. old device. And you could like, it was definitely like an evil energy. It wasn't like a playful child ghost, like playing tricks on people. Like there was definitely a sinister and evil and dark energy to everything that was happening.
1: Wow. So, Creepy. And did you go back to the same condo then like the yeah. next year and everything was fine? Everything was fine. Yep. Wow. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: So crazy. So, I mean, that's what happens, I guess, because, like, my cousins, I was super, I was probably, like, six or seven, and my cousins at the time were, like, 10, 11, 12. I guess that's just what happens when you get, like, all of that young energy mm-hmm. in a room, and especially a family that's, like, open to this kind of stuff. So, checks out. So <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I grew up with stuff like that happening. So just always knew that there was the other side and that there were ghosts and that, you know, hauntings and whatnot. And I just like thought that that's how everyone grew up and like didn't really think anything of it whatsoever. And then fast forward going through just like my teenage years and my really the the beginning of my 20s, I was not tapped into my intuition at all or my gifts or anything like that. I spent the vast majority of my career working in hospitality, so working in hotel management basically not using my gifts in any capacity whatsoever. And then in 2017, I moved to Denver from Austin, Texas. And Denver is really where my spiritual awakening and journey really started. And I know Amber, that's obviously where we met, but Denver just has some really incredible energy to it and just being close to the Rocky Mountains as well. Those mountains just hold so much energy and medicine. And there's just, it's like Denver's a vortex. Anytime that I've gone back to Denver since moving out of there, it's always like a massive life shift or change that happens to me. But anyways... I moved to Denver in 2017, and that's, like, really where I started to get into crystals and oracle cards. Like, there's a couple of witchy shops in Denver. And so I was, like, started to really get into all of that and journaling and manifestation and just, you know, discovering what my sun and moon and rising sign was. Just kind of like the baby (laughs) intro things that people typically go through when they start their awakening.
1: And what are your big three for mm, listeners since it's come up?
2: Yes. So my big three, I'm a Scorpio sun, a Leo moon, and a Sagittarius rising. Mm. And a lot of Scorpio energy in my chart. I have a whole Scorpio stellium in my 11th house. So Big big Scorpio energy over here. Shout out to any other Scorpios out there. It's also Scorpio season. And we have a Scorpio new moon eclipse starting tomorrow. And then the full moon eclipse on my birthday on the 8th. Which is going to be great. Anyways. (laughs) I digress. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And really what truly kickstarted my spiritual journey was after I found myself in a very emotionally and physically abusive relationship when I was in Denver. And that was like, at a, it caused me to hit rock bottom in my life. And it was after leaving that that I remember I broke up with this person. It was on a full moon in Sagittarius, which I like didn't connect all the dots Whoa. in at that time. And I broke up with him on the full moon in May. So I was a Sagittarius full moon during Gemini season. And like looking back, that makes so much sense because Sagittarius is a sign of, you know, freedom and exploration and spirituality and all that. And after that, I really started to dive into spirituality and exploring my gifts and what that looks like. And then I started a new job met a beautiful man named joey (laughs) at at my (laughs) new job and my like second either first or second day i remember i rolled over to joey's desk and we just like hit it off immediately and joey was like i have a tarot card deck in my backpack do you want to see it i'm like (laughs) Like, you're now my new best
1: friend at work and i don't think i realized you both started kind of around the same time
2: yep yeah Amazing. i think it's been like a few months before me but he had his whole ruins deck and his whole yeah. <laughs> that he was carting around with him all around such a witch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um and he's like oh i have to introduce you to my friend amber i was like okay wonderful can't wait to meet amber and so that led to my very first full moon circle was with you in one of your what? backyards Yes. <laughs> Um, and it was under the Scorpio full moon too, as well. So it was just like so perfect. <laughs>
1: Holy shit.
2: Mm-hmm. Amazing. Mm-hmm. And you know, it, that just like really kickstarted everything and just being, you know, around you, Amber, you're just like you were, I remember looking up to you. I'm like, oh my God, she's like such a witch. Like, oh. <laughs> just like, so embodied, she has like all these mm. crystals and oils and decks, and she does Reiki and all these like tattoos and everything. I, was, like, I feel like, she's such, like a nerd, like a newbie with all of it. I'm like, oh, I'm just like you know, just little old me over here joining this full moon circle. um But that, you know, that really started to kickstart things and really led to more of an of an awakening, and then. Long story short, I had a couple of encounters, two encounters with uh, spirits, people who had committed suicide and were kind of like stuck in between the human realm and the spiritual realm and they needed help crossing over. And those are long stories. I won't go into them, but I ended up helping two of these spirits cross over and they were spaced out like almost like a year in between each other. And the first one that I did, I worked with a shaman in Denver to help me, you know, release this spirit and to help him fully cross over to the other side. And I remember after that crossing ceremony, which is such a beautiful experience and just like mind blowing, the shaman, he looks at me and he's like, you're going to be a very powerful medium one day. And I was like, okay, that's, that's
0: news to
2: me. <laughs> <laughs> Like I haven't been...
0: People in your life that had passed?
2: Nope, no. strangers. And I've like tried to look them. Well, I one is a friend of a friend. Um, the mm. the first one, complete stranger. I've tried to look him up afterwards. Couldn't find him. Um, so strangers. And then after that experience with helping a spirit crossover, like that's where I got really serious with my gifts. And then <clears throat> that was right before I ever sat with plant medicine. I sat with ayahuasca back in coming up pretty much on three years ago, I remember it was October 26th of 2019, I sat with ayahuasca for the first time. And after that journey, I was like, I'm quitting my corporate job. I'm quitting my hospitality career. I'm selling everything that I own. I'm buying a one-way ticket to Bali with my boyfriend. And I'm just going full blown into studying my spiritual gifts and my mediumship gifts and my psychic gifts and like healing gifts and everything that were coming online. And then they have been very much developing (laughs) over the past three years. And it's just been such a journey, learning how to work with those gifts, learning how to understand my intuition, learning to really embrace my inner witch, which has been such a massive theme this past year, and just really embracing the magic that's within and really the magic that so many of us hold and carry, but are scared to share with the world for a number of reasons. And it's been a very beautiful, painful, <laughs> scary, rewarding and fulfilling path ever since then. And it's just only continuing to evolve and expand and grow. And you're actually catching me as I'm in the midst of another huge transition into my <laughs> purpose right now. So the, 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 the hits just keep on coming <laughs> with all of this. And it's just, it's so exciting and so beautiful that, you know, once you really start to embrace your your inner magic and your gifts and your inner witch, the path just continues to unfold mm-hmm. and expand in just the most beautiful and magical ways. So I, I really cool. love
1: that you mm-hmm. say like my purpose right now, like mm-hmm. I want to get to that, but I just want to take a moment to like pause on that vibration because I feel like I mean, I've obviously watched you and you've watched me and how we just continue to evolve and grow and cheer each other on. And I think a lot of people in the world are always trying to find their purpose. Like, that's a big thing that whether you're a witch or not, or Mm -hmm. subscribe to that, like we're all on this journey. Like, what is our purpose? Why are we here? What am I supposed to do?
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: I love that you just said, like, my purpose right now, because obviously you've had many purposes at each part of your life and you recognize that. And I really feel that's one beautiful gift that you have is helping mm-hmm. other people see that like, it's not just this one finish line. Like I, and you, you sit deep in like, this is my purpose, mm-hmm. but you're like, this is my purpose right now. And it mm-hmm. really, I think helps give a permission slip to anyone else who gets the opportunity to watch you share that with the world. Um, So what would you say for people who are wanting to find their purpose right now or feel like they don't have a purpose? What could you say to them right now that might help them kind of just embrace where they are?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. And I think, you know, it's something that people get really caught up on is, you know, finding my one true purpose and something that I tell people it's like, your purpose can change every day, <laughs> like day to day, week to week, month to month. And a good way, good place to start at finding your purpose is just asking yourself, how can I be in service today? How can I be in service to anyone around me, to my community and work? Like, how do I want to show up in the world and help today? And sometimes that can look like being a mother to your children. Sometimes that can look like being a psychic medium and connecting with people's loved ones, you know, and helping them find comfort and relief in that. Sometimes it can look like volunteering at a homeless shelter or food bank, you know, whatever it is. And just giving yourself the permission to allow your purpose to be really fluid and to change from day to day. And over time, that kind of, um, you know, bigger picture and bigger piece will start to fall into place. Another thing that you can do is also ask your higher self, which is a whole other tangent to go on. And, you know, really
0: someone do that. Well,
1: and, and before before the how, uh, for those listening, what is a higher self? Yeah, what is that even let, mean? Let people know what that is and how we can connect to that, because I Love think that's that. really important.
2: Yes. So, <laughs> high five. <laughs> <laughs> so, our higher self is really the version of ourselves who wants to see us thriving and living up to our fullest potential in every area of our life. And I always say our higher self is like our cheerleader and the version of ourself who's always there to kind of pick us back up, help us to get back on track and really remind us of our strength, our power, our gifts and really what we came here to do and accomplish in this lifetime and on this earth. And, Just bringing it back to the purpose conversation, like some people's purpose is to be the mailman. And that's amazing. Some people's purpose is to be a witch. Some people's purpose is to be a CEO. Like some people's purpose is, you know, to be a stay at home mom and also giving yourself the the permission to remove any, maybe like stigma that you have attached to your current purpose and just fully accept where you are right now and know that it's all needed in order to make the world go round. Yeah, hell yeah and when it comes to connecting with your higher self it's honestly pretty simple <laughs> in my opinion it's simple it's not necessarily easy mm-hmm. but the the best thing that you can do is really to take some time to just be in your own energy, like turn off your computer, your phone, laptop, like do whatever you need to do. Maybe light a candle. Um, Myself personally, and I've seen a lot of people find success with journaling when it comes to connecting with their higher self. And the most important thing with connecting your higher self, and as with all witchy spell work, is setting your intention and setting the intention that you're calling in and inviting in your higher self and giving your higher self their permission to come through you and to communicate with you and, you know, to, to communicate through your pen and then just start asking questions like, how are you doing today? You know, what can I do to feel better about myself? What is my purpose today? Like, how can I be in service to the world? And just start asking questions and see what comes through when you're writing and really just allow yourself to write whatever wants to come through without judging it. And then go back afterwards and reread that. And I very much believe that when we set that, side, set that time aside and really set our intentions to call in our higher self and then kind of get out of our own way, that really helps to open up lines of communication between you and your higher self. And that can be used for business. It can be used for your personal life. It can be used for your health, you know, where you want to travel or live next. There's really no limit as to what you can can and cannot do with your higher self.
0: Do you believe, so there's the theory that like when you incarnate, you take parts of your soul and then like part of it comes here and then part that stays back is maybe that higher self part of you that maybe like chose what your life's going to be for you and is there to help facilitate anything that comes through and is, I guess, your purpose
2: yeah i would i'd say so i think that your higher self is an aspect of your soul and i also think your higher self is an aspect of god and the universe Mm -hmm. so i think it's you know much more than just yourself and it's Mm -hmm. i to me it's you know just a great way to communicate with my soul (laughs) and for some people Mm -hmm. like i i'm someone who kind of needs that almost like tangible way of communicating with my soul and, you know, and like, I can like picture my higher self. Cause obviously it looks like me um, for other people. They just are like, Oh yeah, I'm just going to talk to my soul. But I'm like, I need a tangible thing in order to mm-hmm. communicate with my higher self. And for a lot of people that's connecting with
1: their higher selves. I love using uh, journaling as a tool for that yeah. too. Cause it, yeah. it kind of gets you out of your way,
2: mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: I like Bury it a lot. Yourself. And and just taking that time to connect with yourself in general, I think that's something everyone could benefit from in today's world. We are so much in the hustle and grind and go, go, go. And the personally, media. yeah, we, you know, we all need to bring in that feminine energy into our world. And that really is slowing down and giving yourself permission to connect. And even if it is like, how, how are you feeling today? And what mm-hmm. can I, how can I best use my time today? And sometimes that is literally doing nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. don't worry about the pile of laundry that has been staring at you for two weeks. I'm mm-hmm. talking to myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <that's specific. laughs> And putting it off. But like, I'm not mad at myself for that either, because I really have needed to take that time mm-hmm. to get that rest and sit on the couch and, you know, binge watch whatever great show is on right now. Like, yeah. we, we don't have to be so hard on ourselves. We have all been raised in this patriarchal world where it is go, go, go. And so I think connecting with your higher self gives you that opportunity and permission to connect to your feminine energy. Whether you are a female or a male, we all have both mm-hmm. aspects of feminine and masculine energy,
0: but mm-hmm. most of us live and are masculine. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep, yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, I heard you mention something about how it can be kind of scary for a lot of reasons to tap into whatever your gifts are. Mm-hmm. What do you think are some things that you felt like were scary and how did you kind of push yourself out of your comfort zone and say, fuck it to whatever anybody else thought.
2: Fuck great, your question. Fears. <laughs> um, great question. Great <laughs> question. I would say the hardest thing, there are two, two things that are coming to mind. One I'm going to start with is boundaries and creating boundaries with spirit because one of the scariest things that, you know, I started realizing when I started tapping into my gifts was I didn't have any boundaries with it. So Mm. spirits would make wake me up in the middle of the night, you know, they linger after their readings, my body was being used during readings in ways I didn't want to be used. And I was like, I don't want to see dead people in my home. Like I'm not available for that. Like, no, thank you. Mm -hmm. And so that was one of the things that my mentor taught me was setting boundaries with spirit and setting boundaries with spirit is so much easier than setting boundaries with humans. Cause there's no real conversation <laughs> involved. It's just kind of putting it out there. But like I was very clear in setting the boundaries. Once I learned to do that, uh, you know, like my body, I'm is not available to be used for any sort of communication outside of chills as a a confirmation. But some people are like, yeah, I want to feel how each person died. I'm like, I don't need that. Thank (laughs) you. You You can just tell me (laughs) like, I don't need to feel you having a heart attack. Like I'm good on that. Other boundaries that I set was like, I'm only available for spirit communication if I have a reading for someone, or it's a private client that I'm working with long term one on one. Other than that, I'm not available for random spirit drop ins for me to then reach out to their loved one on, you know, social media or texting, like I'm not doing that. Um, what if another boundary, uh, yeah, just super, super clear with my time boundaries. And I'm like, I'm not available for communication when I'm out at a grocery store, don't need to know about the woman standing in front of me. Don't need to know when I'm out for a walk. Like only when I'm sitting in my chair with my crystals in my hand and I have a reading for someone, am I available for spirit communication? Cause it gets real overwhelming or <laughs> real fast. And then the second piece That I think is more or is also most common for people is like getting over the fear of judgment from people around you, especially family. Like there's so much there wrapped up with family. And even though my family was one that was like pretty open to this stuff, now as time has progressed... I've never had a conversation with my family about what I do. They've never asked me about it. And it's kind of like a, a don't ask, don't tell policy, I guess, mm-hmm. <laughs> at this point when it comes to my work. And I've been at this for about three years now at this point, And like I'm pretty close with my family. And like, I have one sibling who I can kind of talk with to with things about, um, but they don't want to know. <laughs> and so like, there's, that can be painful at times. And for anyone who's coming up against a family resistance, just bringing it back to yourself and bringing it back to your heart. And if it's in your heart to do this work and to create good in the world with it, that's all that matters. And also seeking approval from yourself, as opposed to trying to seek approval from people outside of you. Mm -hmm. And just knowing that, you know, when you approve yourself and and what you're doing, ultimately, that's all that matters. Hopefully, other people, you know, will catch up to you. But if they don't, that that's not your problem. And you, Mm -hmm. you, you can't control that. And also not letting it you know, ruin relationships, like, I don't need to cut my family off, because they don't want to talk to me about my work, like, that's fine, <laughs> whatever, like, we won't have to have that that depth and the intimacy in our relationship. And that's fine. And, you know, not all relationships are meant to know everything about your life mm-hmm. and your work, and just kind of taking relationships for where they are at, and just having that to be enough, I think is really important in all this, instead of trying to get your mom or dad or sister or grandma to approve of what you're doing, just meet them where they are at. And, you know, just allow the relationship to unfold from there without trying to control them or get them to feel a certain way about your work, because they probably never will. <laughs> and that's okay. Yeah, good yeah. advice. Be- I,
1: think- I love that. <laughs>
0: Take it.
1: Yeah, I think that's really important. I think that's something most people do struggle with who do start to tap into their gifts is how am I going to be received? How am I going to be seen in the world? You know yeah. how you want to be seen. And it's hard to show up with that confidence when you're worrying about how people are going to perceive you. So I, I'm really glad that you touched on that because it's something I'm always like working through. Mm-hmm. Like I, Personally, it's not, like I'm way better at it today than I was when I met you even, you mm-hmm. know, and and through the work that we've done together, that really helped me. And honestly, I didn't have as much kickback as I thought I would the more I stepped into this stuff. And in my situation mm-hmm. is the same with my family. Like my mom knows I'm Reiki certified and she's, you know, we've talked about this on the podcast already, but she's very Catholic and is worried for my soul. So, you know, but we just don't talk about that. Like, but we still have a really good relationship outside of what I do for like to make my money, you know? Yep. And yeah, I'm just really glad that you, you touched on that because I think it is important to be reminded that really we just have to accept ourselves. And once you do does the magic turn on around you? Like it is, Mm -hmm. it's huge when you finally accept yourself and stop stressing out so much about how other people are going to receive your magic. Because you know what? The people who are meant to be in your bubble in that way will start to show up and they will come around. And I've had so many people, some surprising not and some others not so surprising show up and just like, take a moment to, tell me how I'm inspiring them or making them feel by sharing what I have to share. And that to me, I'm like, I was so worried. And some of the people, I was worried about them specifically, and they're just like kind Mm -hmm. of cheering me on in a way. So I think we could be really surprised too, when we just get out of our own heads. And something I've learned from you also is it's part of my purpose of my soul journey to do this. That's why I've been guided to tap into my intuition and these gifts. And so, sharing it, not sharing it with the world, is in a way kind of being selfish. Like you're holding on to that, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's people out there who do need that magic. So, if yeah. you, listener, find yourself in that place, know that there's a reason why you are being guided to that magic. And there are lots of people who are amazing and ready to help you tap into that and also work through those moments of uncertainty and those moments of doubt and helping you to heal that witch wound.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All the witch wound. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: Alive and well. <laughs> yeah.
1: She's never totally closed up. No. I that's the thing. To <laughs> <either>. <laughs> yeah, It doesn't, it doesn't ever really go away, but that's okay because okay. that's also part of our purpose is growing mm-hmm. through
0: that and healing that.
1: Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyways,
0: should we hop into? um, what can are you telling us now? some, yeah, if we could go to where you are now and then start hopping into like, what are some offerings that you have? And what do those look like?
2: Yeah. So right now, my purpose has really evolved into working with psychedelics intentionally and creating and cultivating a safe, loving, welcoming, non-supportive, uh, non-supportive, supportive. Oh, supportive. <laughs> <Whoa. laughs> I was going to say, supportive and non judgmental yes. <laughs> for people to really do their work in when it comes to working with psychedelics and primarily psilocybin. So, working with mushrooms. And this has been a really long time coming for me, like a over a year and a half in the works at this point. And psychedelics have absolutely changed my life 100%. And th- I personally have reached this point in my journey where I really want to be helping the collective in a way that's meaningful and in a way that like actually makes an impact in people's lives. Mm-hmm. And this has been a huge part of my journey this year is just kind of, you know, seeing how do I actually like want to help people? And the answer that keeps coming up is through working with plant medicine, through working with psychedelics because I mean, there's just, I could go on for hours about just how effective and transformational it can be when you're intentionally working with psychedelics in a safe and loving way. And so now I'm working for this company called Psychedelic Passage, and I am a full-time facilitator now with Psychedelic Passage. So I am working with people who for the most part are depressed anxious, have PTSD, trauma, just are really dealing with the the full spectrum of kind of the, the negative human experience and are looking for healing and are looking for a way back home to themselves and their light without the bullshit, without the stories, without the trauma, holding them back. And this work has been incredibly humbling, getting to really get a good snapshot of what the current, especially in the United States is, what the current landscape looks like for mental health for the vast majority of people living in the United States. And it's a pretty bleak place right now when it comes to mental health. And there are a lot of people out there suffering, and a lot of people who are at the end of their rope when it comes to, you know, uh, medications or talk therapy, and are looking for a new way to heal. So I am supporting people through their journey through the preparation process prior to the journey itself and then also in person for them during the actual journey which is you know about 8 hours long from beginning to end and then also on the back end with their integration and helping them really to make sense of everything that has happened and really learn how to integrate all the lessons and teachings that the medicine gave them during their journey into their current life work relationships really everything that they have going on. So it's been such a fascinating, wonderful, and deeply, deeply humbling process starting to work with psychedelics. And you have to be humbled in order to be in this space. And the universe humbled the fuck out of me these past eight months, really this past entire year. And it's like, okay, you want to work with psychedelics? Well, here's, you know, a fresh round of depression for you and anxiety and relationships falling apart and your work falling apart and moving to a new place. And it's like, this is what you're going to be dealing with when you do get into this space. And so I'm so grateful Mm. this year has been really challenging for me personally. And I'm just at a place now where I'm just so grateful for all the shit that happened this past year. Because now I cry, (laughs) (laughs) you know, you're a Scorpio too. You've been around by these eclipses, like, it's been no joke this year, it's been really, really hard. But I'm, I'm, and now, of course, as we're entering Scorpio season, like, feeling my power and energy like coming back for real this time. I'm like, no, I'm like done with that stuff, like, it's time to really step into this new purpose and this new chapter and a new purpose as a psychedelic guide and a medicine woman and the title medicine woman is something I've had a lot of resistance <laughs> around yeah. in terms of claiming like there's so much to that um and I'm in the process of claiming it and even like saying this out loud is is really helpful in all of that but I just so deeply believe in the power that these medicines hold and the ways in which they're really able to change and just help people, <laughs> just help people get out of bed in the morning and feel okay. And to really experience life with a brand new lens and a brand new way of looking at themselves in the world. So
0: yeah, so how does it? How does it really work? What is the science behind why the mushrooms or psychedelics are supposed to be beneficial? And is it a one on one thing? Or are you doing this in a group setting?
2: Yeah, it's a one on one thing. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, the way, especially working with psilocybin, psilocybin has really incredible healing and therapeutic benefits to it. So, one of the biggest benefits is that it really gives your nervous system a chance to relax and to release anything that's been holding on to. So, whether that's depression, anxiety, trauma, you know, all the stuff that our nervous system holds on to, it gives it a chance to relax and release that during the actual journey itself. And sometimes people don't know what it is that they're releasing and that's fine. Like you don't always need to know what you're releasing, but that can come out in a number of ways during a ceremony. So like shaking, twitching, crying, sweating. I've seen people like physically purging and, and throwing up um, and just giving your nervous system a chance just to relax and release all the shit that it's been holding on to that it doesn't need to hold on mm-hmm. to anymore it's also really incredible for creating new neurological pathways in your brain that can be very supportive for you going forward and just creating new neurological connections. So that way people, especially if they're depressed, they have new pathways to work with and new pathways to really learn how to love themselves and to love life again. Plus, it also has really just a beautiful spiritual aspect and component to it as well in terms of helping people either to create or deepen the current connection that they have to God, source, spirit, universe, divine, Mm -hmm. higher consciousness, you know, whatever you want to call that higher power that exists all around us. And we're never going to be able to find out how psychedelics psilocybin Mm -hmm. works. And thank God we don't because those mushrooms are millions of years old at this point. Mm -hmm. And like, why do we need to figure out how magic (laughs) works? And it's just, it's so incredible how psilocybin is really able to cater and tailor each journey to the person that it's working with and based on what they have gone through in their life and also based on what they're able to handle at the current time. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's a highly, highly intelligent fungus and mushroom and, it's just amazing how it works and uh, big pharma will never be able to figure it out. It's definitely big pharma's nightmare at this point because this medicine is non-addictive and it actually helps people. So it's like, Oh, well, <laughs> <now> <laughs> thank, people
1: gonna thank universe <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. for placing mm-hmm. this magic mushroom on our planet. Yep.
0: I kind of yep. want to like paint a picture of what this whole thing looks like. So can you talk about a little bit what the preparation is? Do Are people coming into an office space or is it a cozy place with like blankets and candles? And mm-hmm. then how are you integrating after?
2: Yeah, great question. So for the most part, people choose to do it in the comfort of their own home. And that's really, okay. you know, how we're set up for. So people will do it in, you know, on their couch or in their bedroom I have hosted in my home before. So that's always an option too. But most people choose to do it in the comfort of their own home. And you're typically like laying down on a couch. It's a very internal experience. And my approach is that like, I really trust and believe that the medicine psilocybin is really the ultimate teacher and healer in all of this. Like, I am not smarter, wiser, no more than psilocybin, like absolutely not. Like the medicine knows what's best here. So I'm there to create the space for them to feel comfortable journeying in. So there for them if they need a glass of water or help standing up to go to the bathroom, or if there is something emotionally challenging that comes up for them during the journey that they're having trouble navigating, I'm there to help coach and guide and hold space for them through all of that. And it's typically about an eight hour long experience from beginning to end. The beginning of the actual day of the journey includes, you know, uh, intention setting and like a little bit of some ceremonial practices and ritual. And then it's about four to five hours long for the actual like peak of the journey itself. And then there's a the one to two hours of, you know, just coming back down into your body and figuring out what the fuck just happened yeah. <laughs> to you during your <laughs> journey. And I'm there really from beginning to end for all of that. But prior to that, there's typically about two weeks of preparation that's done before that. And during that time, that's really where I dig in with the person, whoever I'm working with, and help them get really clear on their intentions for their journey. Like, what are you hoping to get out of that? And also getting really clear on what it is that you want to release and let go of and call, excuse me, and call into your life. Because these psychedelic journeys they are nothing short of a death and rebirth so Mm -hmm. on the other side like you have to figure out like who do i want to be on the other side and it's a really huge initiation for people and most people that i'm working with right now are like in their 50s and 60s so they have a lot of shit (laughs) that they are working through and god bless them for you know having the courage to even try to work through it at this point But there's a lot of programming that needs to be undone. And so the integration process afterwards is so important because that's really where you're, you know, putting the pieces together and figuring out who am I now? Like, who am I? And that can scare a lot of people when they don't have their trauma as an identity anymore. And they're not, you know, their mental health diagnoses anymore and She'll, so
0: i've lived 50 60 years in the same mindset building up to that point mm-hmm. point. and then yep. you're like deconstructing and reconstructing all of that
2: yep exactly yeah. it's a lot it's, it's a, a lot. lot it's it's beautiful but you know i think you know one of the problems in just the media these days that and it's it's a it's a blessing and a curse but psychedelics are very glorified but there has to be active participation from the person on the other end. Like it's not a magic bullet. Like the mushroom isn't going to do everything for you. You then have to take the steps afterwards to create this new life and to figure out who you are. And for a lot of people, they don't want it. (laughs) They don't want that. they are like, this, you know, fix me. And then I can just continue doing everything I was doing, (laughs) but feeling good about it. Um, So that integration process is really important and like a proper time to integrate can take anywhere between a few weeks to a few months and just being really gentle on yourself and really curious with yourself during that integration process, because figuring out who you are is a lifelong (laughs) journey Mm -hmm. And especially when you've kind of stripped away all of those narratives that you were holding on to, now you get a chance to rewrite them um, in a way that can feel very beautiful, empowering for you. So integration process like, is important.
0: Meeting with them a couple times mm-hmm. a week. Okay, so prior afterwards. to the
2: yeah, so prior to the journey, it's two one-hour preparation sessions, okay. and those take place a week apart. And then afterwards, it's two one-hour integration sessions plus text and email access. And then they can always add on additional sessions if they want. But the setup is two preparation sessions, six to eight hours of in-person work, and then two integration sessions as well as text and email access throughout the entire program.
0: Do people usually um, take the like journey of the ceremony more than once?
2: So with that, I always tell people, I'm like, take it one journey at a time. let it land give yourself time to integrate it and then you'll know if and when you want to do a second Mm -hmm. one and some people you know have come back to for two three or four i personally have done over i think like 20 psychedelic journeys at this point Mm -hmm. so like it just kind of depends on how much you want to just kind of keep digging into your shit (laughs) for some people they're they're good with one um other people choose to do a couple and then you find people like myself where i'm like what can I work on now? (laughs) Like, what am I going to use this psilocybin journey to heal now? And I just like enjoy working with psychedelics intentionally. So I have probably more journeys than the average person will ever in their lifetime, but that's just me. Mm -hmm. But just taking it one at a time, don't try to diagnose yourself and be like, Oh, I'm going to need five of these in order to feel better. Just take it one at a time, see where you get with it, give yourself plenty of time and space to integrate. And then you'll know if you want to do a second or third one.
0: What do you think about microdosing?
2: I love microdosing. Me
0: too. <laughs> <laughs>
2: microdosing, yes. Um, I always tell people microdosing is a really good way to dip your toe in the psychedelic pool without, you know, too much of a, uh, of a risk and a very high reward on the back end.
0: And Can I think you explain the proper way to do that too? So you're yeah. like maybe a couple days on and then a couple off, right?
2: So there's a couple of microdosing regimens that you can stick to. And with all of it, you have to ultimately find what works best for you. So I do four days on and three days off when I'm microdosing. I've also microdosed intuitively um, and just kind of, you know, when I'm feeling called to it. Mm -hmm. But a really common one is four days on, three days off. And when you're microdosing, you're essentially taking a very, very, very small dosage of psilocybin. So you're not high, you're not impaired, you're still Mm -hmm. able to do everything you would normally do, drive, cook, clean, work, be in your relationships, because it works in a very subtle and sub perceptual way. So it's a really great way to kickstart your healing, especially if you're anxious or depressed, or also if you want to, you know, open up your creativity more and feel more present in the moment and connect to yourself on a deeper spiritual level. So it has many uses and benefits to it. And some people notice a result or a difference the next day after microdosing for the first time, other people, it takes time to build up into their Mm -hmm. system. So I always tell people, I'm like, give it a month, see where you get with it. Um, One caveat that I will say is that a lot of SSRI antidepressant antidepressant medications can essentially block or blunt the impact of psilocybin. Mm -hmm. So if you're on one of those and you're microdosing, don't expect to feel anything, unfortunately, or no saying because your SSRI just kind of like cancels it out mm. altogether.
0: So what do you recommend for somebody that's like, <laughs> just not mm-hmm. to do? It? I don't know.
2: So there's, it wouldn't be a safety issue. It's not like it's mm-hmm. a contraindication. It's more so of an expectation issue yeah. with all of that. And you know, setting yourself up for proper expectations. So it just also depends on, you know, how committed you are to having a psychedelic experience. And for some people they're really committed and typically people want to get off their SSRI medication. So if you are someone who's like, I'm ready to taper off of these first and foremost, talk to your prescribing doctor about a proper way to taper off instead of trying to go cold Turkey. Like that's definitely not the way to go. (laughs) Like give yourself time and space and grace to taper off of your medications some people, if during the tapering process, will also supplement with microdosing because they have mm-hmm. found microdosing to be very helpful during that tapering process, especially in terms of mood stabilization and helping them to feel okay. And then the third thing that people will do is they'll just kind of roll the dice and see what happens. Because there is a very small percentage of people who do experience something on their SSRIs. Um, For example, we did a ceremony on Friday with a woman who was on her SSRI medication and she had a full-blown psychedelic experience. So it can happen, but it's more so around expectation setting and management and knowing that if you are on an SSRI, there is a very high likelihood that you won't experience anything, but it's not necessarily a safety issue or concern with combining the two of them.
0: I had no idea.
1: Yeah, that's good to know. I have a question about working with you in this capacity. Um, Are you working with people locally or if somebody in Kansas is like, I really love Julia's energy, do they have the ability to still work with you in these sessions?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So as of right now, I'm major, for the most part, I'm working with people in the Pacific Northwest. So I'm in Oregon. So I'm working with a lot of people in Oregon, uh, Washington, NorCal. However, if someone doesn't live in the Pacific Northwest and is listening to this and is interested in working together, I'm definitely open to that. Whether you coming out here to Oregon or me going out there, it's definitely something that I'm open to. So really working with people all over the country, but primarily Pacific Northwest. And, and the way that Psychedelic Passage is set up is we have facilitators all throughout the country. So
1: oh, nice. yeah, that was going to be my next question is uh, working through your company how would people connect to your company to see if there is a facilitator near them
2: yeah so go to psychedelicpassage.com and then schedule a 30-minute consult call and you know even if you just have questions about working with psychedelics in general and you're curious schedule a 30-minute consult call and we'll be happy to take care of you from there
0: cool Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to add to the microdosing. Like sometimes when I'm talking to clients and stuff, they'll express that they're scared or nervous. And I try to explain that it's like almost like taking any other medication. If you overdo it, you're going to have side effects. But yep. if you take the proper amount, you're not going to really be able to tell in the moment. Yep. That's not, like you're not going to feel fucked up if you're dosing properly.
2: Right. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, taking. Vitamin D, <laughs> it's right. like, oh, I can really feel this vitamin D kicking in. Like no one ever says that. <laughs> yeah, like, like too much <laughs> vitamin D, then you're gonna get sick. Um, yeah. and same way with working with psilocybin. So yeah, hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent.
0: That's a great thing. Can I ask about your ayahuasca experience?
2: Sure. Yeah, okay, what what would you fun. like to know?
0: I don't know. Will you just tell us about it?
2: <laughs> sure. So I've had three so far. Um. Mm-hmm most recently sat with ayahuasca at the beginning of this month um and it's honestly a really beautiful psychedelic to work with and i feel like it gets kind of a bad rap in terms of the psychedelic world in terms of people being like it's really intense or you know i'm throwing up and purging and it's coming out of my butt like coming out (laughs) of both hands and That can be the case, but also at the same time, it can be a very gentle, beautiful, and loving experience. When mm-hmm. they call, they refer to ayahuasca as grandma. So just like any grandma, it can be, you know, pretty stern and like telling you what's up and like, you know, getting really real with you. Or on the flip side, can also be very loving and gentle. And oh, so the, the most uh, recent experience that I had, one of my intentions was to work through fear and self-doubt and yeah fear and self-doubt was were like the two big things especially self-doubt that i had around to stepping into this role and i remember I purged once during that journey and like purging by like throwing up. And I remember I was throwing up and I feel like I was like, okay, I just purged like basically 32 years of self-doubt in in that experience. And then as soon as I finished purging, I heard from grandma, she said to me, she's like, you were always meant to do this work. Like now, like it's time to like really begin. And that's one of the, the beautiful things about working with ayahuasca is it gives you really clear connections and insights and messages and and downloads where it's like, there's no disputing what she told you Mm -hmm. compared to psilocybin. Like those connections aren't always as clear. Like they're, it's just not as always as clear. And when you're working with mushrooms, but with ayahuasca it's like, it's very clear. It's like, this is what's going on. This is what you need to let go of. This is how you can work through your fear. And just so, I love ayahuasca. It's been such a game changer for me in my life and I'm excited to continue my study and work with it.
0: Did you do like a one day, a three day?
2: I've only done one day. I honestly Mm -hmm. can't imagine doing like three days. (laughs) Actually, well, that's not true because I think I'm going to a a retreat (laughs) in the springtime. That is going to be three days. But anyways, um, I just did a one day experience all three times. How long does it last? It's pretty much, yeah, it. so the ayahuasca is more of a group experience every time mm-hmm. that I've done it. So you're sitting with, you know, anywhere between, I've sat with anywhere between 10 to like 30 other people during oh, it. Wow. So it can be a bit of a longer experience and they, in my experience, have gotten all night. So starting at 8 p.m. and you're not finishing up till like five or six in the morning. So
1: it can be a full night oh. experience. Hold on. She just dropped her water. <laughs> Uh-oh. Do you have more to say about ayahuasca? Um, I just
2: love it. If you do, if you are considering doing it, make sure above all that you feel really comfortable with who's facilitating Mm -hmm. for you. Mm -hmm. Um, And if there's any part of you that senses a red flag or that feels uneasy with your facilitator don't do it like make sure that you're in a really good safe spot because unfortunately there's just a lot of people out there that are facilitating these things that don't have people's best intentions in mind and use it kind of as a way to manipulate and control people Mm -hmm. and a lot of stories like that so just make sure that whoever you're doing it with you feel really safe with they have Mm -hmm. prior experience because unlike psilocybin there are some ser- pretty serious um, medical contraindications working with ayahuasca. So you're going to want to make sure that who you're doing it with knows your shit <laughs> and has been doing it for quite some time and can really facilitate a safe, loving, and welcoming space for you.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's a good piece I, to put it okay. in there. So are you doing any, any other magical... Do you have any other magical offerings right now besides doing this plant medicine work? You know,
2: just yesterday I took down my booking link for people to book readings. I was like, I'm just going to put this on the back burner for now. And I feel like there's going to be a microdosing course that I launch in the future. Like I can feel that physically brewing in the back of my mind. Um, but as of right now, I'm just like mostly focusing on this psychedelic work and seeing where it takes me. And I went through this whole grief process, um, prior to that ayahuasca experience in the beginning of the month where I'm like, I'm like really letting go of this almost like identity of being like the higher self channeler and connector and doing higher self readings. And like that stuff was so amazing and beautiful and powerful and potent. I'm sure I'll pick it up at some point again, but I was like, I don't it's just such an interesting space. Like I'm not necessarily using those gifts as much anymore. Like I'm more so just not using them. I know that they'll come through in, in ceremony and whatnot, Mm -hmm. but I'm just like, I'm just focusing on people who are depressed, honestly, at this point and, and coming back home to themselves. So Working intentionally with psychedelics, if that's something that anyone's interested, whether that's in a journey space or with microdosing, that's really where I'm feeling really called to support people
0: right now. What's like the legality of all that?
2: Yeah, great question. So... Um, (laughs) where I live in Oregon and where am, you know, where we are in Oregon is decriminalized out here. So I feel very comfortable because it's lowest level priority for law enforcement. They're not Mm going to spend any time going after people. But for the most part, you know, legislation is still very much catching up around all this. So they're
0: studying it a lot in Oregon right now. There's a lot of things being passed. I know my coworker, um, her brother has a whole farm that he's doing legally for psilocybin and so they're like getting all that set up um but they're still doing like council meetings and stuff like that trying to figure out what the actual because they don't know it's like when weed started they were like okay we'll do this and then as time goes on i'm sure they'll know what they need to restrict and not but it's kind of all up in the air right now exactly
2: yeah so for people that don't live in Oregon, ultimately you have to decide your own internal comfort level around all this and engaging in a practice that is technically illegal in much of the country and just seeing where you fall with all that. And, and the way that I'm set up through the the company that I'm working for now, I'm like, I'm here as harm reduction services kind of you know person like i'm not providing the medicine for Mm -hmm. anyone you are 100 on your own for all that i'm just here to help hold the space for you and help you properly Mm, prepare and integrate but i i will not give you any of the medicine i wish i could but that is like definitely legal even here in oregon as well so you just kind of have to determine how comfortable you are and also keep in mind, like law enforcement isn't going after a woman who's, you know, eating mushrooms in her bedroom, like they're more (laughs) so scared about or more so concerned about the people that are distributing it at a very high level. So Mm. I haven't heard of anyone being busted for sitting with mushrooms in their bedroom. And I, I remember last summer, I did a a journey with a girlfriend. Um, I was on the West Coast and she was on the East Coast, and we like planned to take mushrooms at the same time. And afterwards, I was like, I can't believe what we did was illegal. Like, we were both just like <laughs> laying in our beds the entire time, like <laughs> on completely opposite ends of the coast. And I was like, yeah, we just broke the law <laughs> as I'm laying there in the comfort of my own home, eating a mushroom that grew out of the ground. So
1: I think that's one of my favorite things about mushrooms is it like when you're in it and afterwards, you really. Like, nothing makes sense. <laughs> Everything yep. that we do, like, it really gives you that sense of, like, we are the only living thing in this world right now that has to pay to survive. And, like, <laughs> what, over why do we have to show up for our jobs? <laughs> and all these things that kind of just break down in your mind, which is... Beautiful. I mean, of course, like it is the world that we live in, and we all have to still do it. But whose idea was <laughs> <Nixon>. Richard Nixon. <laughs> <laughs> I just want my titties out, some fruit
0: <laughs> kicking it hard. So so funny. Funny. I want to be in like the red tent. I want to have my period. Mm-hmm. I don't want to mm-hmm. talk to anybody, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but whatever. I'll just keep going to work and trying to be a <laughs> <laying there. laughs> Um. Okay, so. What about, like, what do you feel like? Have you taken LSD? What do you think about that? Even though it's not a plant medicine, I find that was my big catapult Mm. into changing my whole entire life. And I love that drug. And yeah.
2: Amazing. I haven't taken LSD yet. However,. I am planning on microdosing LSD on my birthday in a couple of weeks. So nice. I'm very curious to see how that unfolds. Because I hear one of two things. Either a story like yours or the complete opposite end where people were like, that was just a really strange and scary 12-hour experience. And mm-hmm. LSD is much longer than psilocybin. So you can buckle up and strap in for a good time. But I have not worked with LSD. To me, mm-hmm.
0: it feels almost like... There's more clarity mm. in that um, mm-hmm. high than on mushrooms. Mushrooms, sometimes stuff feels kind of convoluted and, like, really yep. confusing. And you yep. definitely get that. But it's, like, everything. Like, the patterns, everything is just really clear. Yep. I'm yeah. excited for you. Thanks. <laughs> I'm excited, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, do so, yeah, LSD,
2: I haven't. The other really powerful psychedelic that I love is 5-MEO-DMT. And that, frog? yeah, it's like the synthetic version of Bufo of the frog. Mm-hmm. Um, I did that last summer. So June of 2021, and it's a very short experience. It's like 20, 30 minutes long, but that was honestly life-changing. One of the most memorable experiences I ever had. And it's like basically taking a high speed elevator up to God and just like sitting in that for 20 to 30 minutes and also seeing your whole entire birth and death and and everything in between, so that was a deeply, deeply transformational experience, and one of my favorite psychedelics to work with. Also, I'm
0: at DMT, hmm. DMT, also that? too. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I really want to do some DMT again. Yeah, I have. A, it's
2: nice because it's short. Somewhat. Like you're not in it for a long time. But it's, it's very so short.
0: intense. Yes. And yes. but it what it's like eight minutes or something maybe. Yeah. But then Maybe. you're like, holy shit, where did <laughs> yeah. I just go? Yep. It's yeah, funny, I would before, love
2: to do that. Um, one of the, the either the, yeah, it was the night before I put myself out there as a psychic medium. I had a DMT experience, which, like, mm. gave me the final, like, kick uh, in the butt. I don't, I'm sure you've heard of Ram Dass. Um Ram Das, like, came through during that. and He was, like, giving me blessings and everything. I was like, wow, this is wild. And, like, mm. I don't really connect with Ram <laughs> very much in my practice. Yeah. <laughs> um, also MDMA too, when used intentionally is like Mm -hmm. such a game changer, especially for couples. Oh my God, it would save so many relationships and marriages and either help them to open up healthy lines of communication Mm -hmm. and like get them back to where they need to be, or also help that relationship come to an end in a very loving Mm -hmm. way. But I'm a huge, huge uh, fan of using MDMA yeah. intensely outside of going to, like, I a conference. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. I think um, there's definitely been times with my husband where we've taken it and then we're just, like, sharing. And I'm like, I don't know where any of this was before that I didn't feel like I could bring up or why. I yeah. was, like, afraid to bring this up. But it just, you almost feel, like, all warm and safe.
2: Yeah. And yeah. Oh, absolutely it, so it just helps you to be honest and also mm-hmm. receive whatever is being shared with you in a very yeah. non-judgmental and a very heart-open way Definitely. and you don't feel defensive as well mm-hmm.
0: so wow. talking about <laughs>
1: um, talking about all of these different options to connect in this way with plant medicine or other illegal medicines right now it's it's making me think of uh, that documentary. What is it called? How to change your mind on Netflix. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, for listeners, if you have not, if you're really interested in this, maybe you're not quite ready to do it, but you want to know more or see how it has helped people. Or I think there's some science stuff in there too, which is really mm-hmm. cool. Cannot mm-hmm. recommend that documentary enough, yep. um, How to Change Your Mind. And then another one is Fantastic Fungi, also yes. on mm-hmm. Netflix. Such yep. a beautiful documentary. Um, mm-hmm. And with that being said, are there any other resources that you might know of or think that have helped you really become more comfortable feel with safe. Uh, doing these types of healings?
2: Yeah, that's a really good place to start. Um, there, I mean, there's so many books out there about this, so many podcasts, like there's just an endless amount of information. And I'm very lucky because my partner, he was into this work way before I was ever mm-hmm. into it. So he's been such a huge catalyst in helping me to feel comfortable doing all of this psychedelic work. Um... The Psychedelic Passage, Psychedelic Passage has a podcast, which they're constantly pumping oh, out, man. just really helpful, informative, and also just very easily digestible information about psychedelics in like 30-minute chunks, just making it very easy just to kind of wrap awesome. your head around all this. So I'd recommend listening to the Psychedelic Passage podcast. That's Nick and Jimmy. Those are the two co-founders of Psychedelic Passage, and they're always just having really great informative conversations about working with psychedelics intentionally. I
0: love that.
1: There's another podcast I found. I haven't listened to all of it, but it's called Modern Psychedelics. Oh, yeah. Um, I would also also. recommend that if other people kind of want to know more. Mm -hmm. I've only listened to like two or three episodes so far. So uh, take that for what that means. But um, I have really enjoyed what I've listened to. So I feel like that could also be a nice, helpful place
0: to find more information on this stuff as well. Yeah. yeah. I still think what you said about like vetting any type of provider that you're going to do any of this stuff with is so important. 100%. I've l- listened to also a different podcast that talk about people being exploited in that community. And it's just yep. um it happens a lot. And you're so, so vulnerable in that yes. space. So just like. Even if you could, like, you know, somebody that has done it before, or I don't, how do you think you can properly vet someone?
2: Yeah, I mean, properly vetting a couple of things you can do one asking, you know, what are your qualifications and mm-hmm. in the, the psychedelic space is an interesting space because it's not regulated right now right. in terms of qualifications, but you know. Typically people, you're going to want to find someone who's undergone some formal apprenticeship or mentorship under someone who's already safely and effectively working in the plant medicine or psychedelic space, or has, you know, undergone some formal training, whether typically it's online these days when it comes to psychedelic preparation, uh, integration, and also guiding. You also want to make sure that who you're working with has worked with these medicines themselves extensively. And like we hear from so many people who are like, okay, I just, you know, did my first journey or just microdose for the first time. Now I feel like I'm ready to be a guide. It's like, Less your heart. That's amazing that you have that, but you need to have way more (laughs) experience in an altered
0: state than just one journey. Because every experience is so different. Like you can't just do one and say that you know it all because every single time is going to be different. So
2: different. So different. And you also, you know, you want to make sure that the person that is facilitating has a deep respect for the medicine itself mm-hmm. and really views the medicine as being the ultimate teacher and healer in all this and doesn't have any sort of God, you know, complex or Messiah complex wrapped up in all this. And they have just a, mm-hmm. a sense of humbleness to them and, you know, a sense of surrendering to what the medicine really thinks is going to be best for that person Mm -hmm. and just trusting your gut if for any reason it feels off for you for any capacity like don't don't do it it's really not worth forcing yourself into Mm -hmm. a situation where you feel even slightly uncomfortable because like you said you're in an incredibly vulnerable space Mm -hmm. like For the most part, you don't have control over your bodily functions when you're in the peak of a psychedelic journey. And it's very easy for people to take advantage of you in that space. Like a couple weeks ago, my partner and I, were facilitating a journey and the guy looks at at us during, you know, the middle of it. And he's like, Wow, he's like, you guys could really take advantage of me right now if you wanted to. We're like, yeah, we, <laughs> yeah. Not, we don't want to. Yeah. And then, like,
1: <laughs> we won't. Like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we could. So interesting that he noticed mm-hmm. that like, in the middle of his experience.
2: <laughs> yep. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. So just really trusting your gut, making sure that they have the proper experience and that they have proper experiences safely and effectively guiding people through these spaces as well. Mm
1: hmm. So where can people connect with you just to like soak up your lovely goodness magic and um, potentially work with you or learn more about this stuff from you?
2: Yeah. So mainly on Instagram right now, uh, my handle is at XO Julia McCarthy. And you can DM me. That's really the fastest way for us to get in touch. If you are, you know, throughout the country, if you're on the East Coast or, or Midwest and you're interested in just exploring Psychedelic Passage and potentially working with another facilitator, psychedelicpassage.com and booking a console call is going to be the best first step for you with all of this. Awesome.
1: Yeah. Um, and we have some questions that we want to ask mm-hmm. all of our guests, but before yes. we do that, I would love for you to bring out Snowball. <laughs> <laughs> I really, really want to talk to Snowball for just okay. a moment. Okay. Okay. Okay.
2: I'm just going to preface this to all everyone who's like, <laughs> Snowball is my stuffed cat. Um, <laughs> he's been with my partner and I for a couple of years now and we don't have any pets. We don't have any children and Snowball is our adoptive daughter slash pet she's very sassy this is like very much a connection to us for our inner child and this is something that i'm channeling all the time (laughs) like i feel like snowball has an actual spirit to her so but not
0: like the doll
2: from so here she is
1: okay hi (laughs) hi snowball
0: welcome to waking up the
1: witch how are you today
2: Amber? wow so excited to be here
1: <laughs> i miss you so much how's your fall going for you oh it's so beautiful and nice and cozy here now i love it <laughs> do you have your fireplace on like all the time all the time sitting right in front of it always <laughs> and um are you eating lots of tuna lots of tuna lots of soft things all the soft things <laughs> oh yeah how's your podcast going
2: Oh, Fat Cat Radio's going really well. I'm recording the episodes. <laughs>
1: <also>. <laughs> I'm yes. so happy to have you as a guest on our podcast. Me too. This is so exciting. <laughs> Do you identify as a witch?
2: Oh, yeah, for sure. Especially my mom. She's very much a witch. I'm her cat. Um, <laughs> side, <laughs> note, side note, I will say. Snowball joined me in a ceremony that I did here last weekend and the woman like Snowball was like sitting on the ground looking at the woman as she's laying on the couch and the woman she goes she's like I think your cat's real. I'm like, she is. (laughs) She is totally real. (laughs) Every time I looked over at her, she's like, I thought it was a real cat. I'm like, it's a very real spirit that is residing within this stuffed animal right here. So glad you recognized it.
1: (laughs) Oh, I'm so glad that Snowball could join us on our podcast today. Thanks, Snowball. We love you. Thanks.
2: Eat some brownies. We just actually made um, pumpkin muffins last night, so Ooh, she's. Oh yeah. yeah, yum! I bet Raising they're nice and
1: soft chip. and chewy for her. Oh yeah, you gotta put so the good. chocolate chips in there. So good. Next time um,
0: I feel like getting another dog, I'm just gonna get a stuffed one no. that doesn't pee on my couch.
2: It's the best. It's yeah. the best. It's really the best. I was like, I don't know if I need children. Like this is plenty.
1: Of- <laughs> I really, <laughs> I, I seriously love Snowball so much, and love <laughs> the joke like. I love that you use her for your own inner child work, and truly, like being around her, brings out like my joy of my my my, inner child. Um, For listeners, I so Julia and I, she's moved around a lot and has been. To different countries and stuff since our first meeting in Denver has been all over the place, and we both came to Oregon around the same time, which is pretty fucking magical. Yeah. And uh finally, at the end of the summer, I got to go to Ben to go hang out with her for a whole weekend. It was just us girls' weekend. Oh, it was so healing and amazing, and snowball really was such a delight. <laughs> in, like the whole time, we went, her prime. she went loves to the girls lake weekend. and. <laughs> such oh, a yeah. good time with her she'd sunbathe mm-hmm. and she's just such a joy so I I just love that she's a big part of your life and that you get to share her with me and whoever else you feel comfortable <laughs> with and now our entire round of Everybody. listeners makes I me can't so believe I just
2: had to... snowball on a podcast <laughs> <laughs> <So grateful. laughs> a level of vulnerability for me because I don't share so on it. social media ever like She's very much the only people that I feel comfortable with. And Auntie Amber is one that Snowball feels very comfortable with.
1: Hey, this is a safe space. We say that all the time. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) this is totally a safe space. And I really, like, I think it's encouraging. Like, we're in our 30s and that we get to play and tap into Mm -hmm. that. And I think think it's so important. And, again, growing up in the patriarchal world society, we're, like, taught to kind of squash out that place. And Snowball, you were literally such a gem in this world and we're so blessed to have you (laughs) well thank you
2: wow this is so exciting
1: (laughs) um and and real quick one of my favorite things is that um snowball has a whole birth chart um, written up and for our listeners they will have now possibly heard our um, episode with daniel rosado our astrologer friend who joined us last week and so, you may know a little bit more about this. And, and for the listeners, what is Snowball's big three?
2: <laughs> um, Snowball's an Aquarius sun, a Sag moon, and a Leo rising, which is just oh. so fitting for her. She is so sassy totally. and so fabulous, too, and everything she does.
1: Love <laughs> it. She's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for sharing her with us. Oh,
2: anytime. Thanks for having her. She's going to be freaking out about oh, this all night. She's
1: the best. <laughs> um, so for our
0: questions, which kind yes. of goes to whatever we're exactly. just talking about, Perfect. um, if you, okay, if you could tell your younger self one thing now, what would it be?
2: Ooh, um, if I could tell my younger self one thing right now, what it would be. I mean, I would say it'll, it's always just going to keep getting better. Mm. Mm. Hell yeah. It'll always keep getting better. Mm-hmm. and also your hard times are going to be the times that you look back on with the most gratitude for
1: definitely mm. 100% I, mm. I feel everything I've been through has mm-hmm. really catapulted me into a greater life mm-hmm.
2: always I kind of feel bad for people who like haven't been through anything in their life I'm like Ooh.
1: <laughs> what's that like
2: <laughs> what catapulted ever Jeez. or like lived <laughs> yeah, <hello>. yeah. <laughs>
1: And what is something that you do for self-care that is just like so important to you and you can't go without? Um, How do you fill your cup?
2: Spending time in nature, for sure. And being in Oregon has been such a huge part of this. Like I have nature right out my front door and it's just so important. And that's really where I ground myself and also have been... Sourcing a sense of acceptance from nature itself, which has been really huge, and just kind of coming back to the witch wound, and you know everything we were talking about with family and not approving. It's like try sourcing that approval from nature, from the plants and the flowers and the trees and the rocks and the dirt, and just imagine all of those things telling you that you are beautiful and perfect just as you are, and see where it gets for you. Because that's been a really huge part of my practice this year in terms of feeling good about where I'm at and also expanding my intuition and connection to source around all, around all, everything.
1: Yeah. Nature is so powerful. And so powerful. one of the things I really loved uh, when I was visiting you is you were talking about how, you know, you've been living up in, in the 5D and with with the angels and the ancestors and the higher self for so long. And this year really has been about becoming more grounded. And like, not that you weren't grounded before, but that you are more focusing in on, like, I'm a human right now in this life, on this earth. And what medicine and magic is there for me here? Mm-hmm. You know, of mm-hmm. course, there's stuff up there that is powerful and can be super beneficial as well but it was it was such a great reminder and i feel like i walk my life in that same thought but to hear somebody say that out loud to me was like oh yeah we we have to be here right now on this mm-hmm. earth and and there is life literally vibrations in the earth and the plants and everything around like everything mm-hmm. is living
0: mm-hmm. and
1: how that can elevate our souls just by being present in that is totally. beautiful.
2: I think I said it in a not so elo- eloquent way I think <laughs> it was along the long lines of who the fuck cares about 5d when we have 3d and nature right here and it's all perfect <laughs> like who cares like why are we worried about 5d let's be right here like this is all good right here but you yeah. said it in a much more beautiful way so thank you no that <laughs> and
1: that's the way I mean that's how I resonate I want you to speak yeah. to me that way <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're, we love our fuck words and mm-hmm. <laughs> all the things mm-hmm. around here, the sass. And, and it's just very real. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, to end each episode, we love to end with a card pool that is mm-hmm. just like a good energy reading for the collective right now. And as always, right now is whenever you're listening to this, it doesn't have to. This message will still be for you at any point, whether you are listening to this the day it comes out or or listening to it seven years from now, this message is meant for you whenever you're listening. And our beautiful guest, Julia, has agreed to pull our card today. Um, So, Julia, what deck are you pulling from?
2: Um, I'm using the archetype cards deck, which just was calling to me when I was – I have a lot of decks to choose from, and I just ran over and pulled one. So I'm going to see which archetype uh universe spirit feels like we need to embody right now okay where'd it go here it is okay um so two came out and one i've been like shuffling and pulling these i don't know if you've noticed for a lot of this interview so one of the two has popped out three times now so i'm just going to take Maybe. that as a sign that it's mm-hmm. exactly what it needs to do so the one that's popped out three times the archetype that spirit thinks we should all um, call into our life and embody is uh, no big deal. Just God, the God. No big deal. (laughs) Um, And I think, you know, more so with that, not necessarily, you know, trying to become God, but especially as we're in eclipse season right now, and there's so much going on astrologically, just, I think that this is all bringing us back to, Reminding us that there's much bigger forces at play than maybe we realize in our day to day and just really letting God, source, spirit, universe, divine really kind of do its thing over the next couple of weeks and really direct your your life and the the direction that it's meant to take and just understand that whatever is happening to you, whether you're listening to this now in October, November, or six months from now. Just remembering that there's always a bigger plan for everything that's happening and to just really trust the process and know that God's universe divine has your back and things are always trying to be worked out for your greatest and highest good.
0: Mm, Oh, yeah. The other
2: one that came out is also really fitting. It's the hermit archetype. Mm,
0: (laughs) Hello, Scorpio. I've
1: gotten that in
0: almost every reading I've done in the last... Really? Like, when I pulled my cards, when somebody else pulled it, now here.
2: (laughs) Here we are. Um, And I think, you know, just as we're descending into the fall and the winter and the darker time it's okay to be a hermit for a little Mm -hmm. while and to just go within and know that there's a lot of really powerful and potent medicine when you're just kind of within your own space and your own energy and you're not trying to force anything i also think that the hermit is calling a lot of us just to rest and to recalibrate and to take a moment to just be and you know cancel plans if you need to just rearrange your schedule just give yourself time to relax and recalibrate your nervous system and just really focus on your inner life as opposed to your outer life and know Mm. that there's so much potency that can come when you focus on your inner life. And that's really oftentimes the catalyst to bringing even more beautiful things into our outer life. So embody your inner god and inner hermit <laughs> all I at the love same time it. <laughs> i love
1: that yeah that's <laughs> totally perfect right now and in oregon when we're recording right now everything's super gray and rainy yeah. finally, <laughs> finally.
2: last week we were complaining
1: I think you might have snow in your forecast soon I know on Wednesday so wild (laughs) it got cold so fast well Julia we're so grateful for you joining us on our podcast and just being one of our very first guests I love you so so much and love sharing space with you And this was absolutely gorgeous is there anything else you would like to leave us with before we go
2: I would say just you know trust to really where you're at right now in your life and your process and just know that it's it's all working out for you right now no matter how exciting or, or painful it is and just really really trust that what you're going through is exactly what you need in order to get to the next level and step of your life or your purpose or your relationships really anything that's happening so trust yeah. trust 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 trust. Easier that said than beautiful. done. But trust. Always, <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah.
0: I needed that. Yeah. Too. That's totally perfect. Well, Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank
1: you. you. This was so fun. And hopefully we can have you back because I really feel yeah. like we can always talk forever, you and I. Always. But our the magic you have to share with the collective is so important and I'm so grateful that you are stepping into that and continuing to evolve and I'll be excited to interview you again when you have a whole new purpose. <laughs> I
2: was like, what else could it be from here? I don't know if I even want, I don't want to know. I'm just good with this one right now.
1: <laughs> it's
2: perfect.
1: All right. We love you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you, witches, for listening. Don't forget to give us a follow on all the social media platforms at waking Up the Witch. Email us everything, all of it,
0: at wakingupthewitch at gmail.com. And don't forget to do something nice for yourself. Take your dog on a walk. Drink some water. Call your mom. (laughs) Brush your teeth.